<laughs> so hi and welcome to Says Who. Uh, my guest today is Ren Hanami, who is a, an award-winning filmmaker, a longtime actor with roots in Hawaii, whose family has a castle in Scotland. <laughs> so welcome, Ren. Thanks for coming in and doing this. Thank you. Now I'm going to start the same way I start every interview. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. <laughs> That's the question we get at every commercial audition. And then you have to rack your brain and go, hmm, what's going to stand out? What will be interesting without being too corny? You know? Yep, it's, it's true. There's never harder to tell somebody a little bit about yourself than when you're actually put on the spot and you have to do it when you think you have to impress people. Right. And you know what's worse for me, because I'm Eurasian, I'm Hapa, I'm half Caucasian and I'm half Asian, um, is that many, because I look more like a visual immigrant, I get that, like, where are you from question oh, all uh -huh. the time, um, they discriminate, this little s sad secret about the business, especially in commercials, they want to know what you really are and they try to trick you to answer them because legally in the United States, they're not allowed to ask, right? That's what, correct. What your yeah. age is, what your race is. So I got this just recently up in, in San Francisco. So, so Hanami, so what kind of name is that? And Our last name. Right. <laughs> That's what I should have said. But I, I'm come, I'm very naive, even in my, you know, at my age and a woman of a certain age. <laughs> And so I said, well, it's actually Japanese. It means lotus in Japanese. And then I went, oh, shoot. <laughs> this commercial was from someone from Thailand. Uh -huh. So now they could say, oh, well, maybe she's from Thailand and she married someone from Japan. They don't ask that. Right. It was his trick question to get to me see. to answer what I was. So what was your question again? <laughs> you tell me about yourself. Yourself. <laughs> yeah. So and then I and then I think oh I'll be clever if it doesn't matter what I am then I'll say oh you know I have a, a castle in Scotland and that's always fun because you know when I found out we our family on my dad's side comes from Hene clan Hene and we have this castle that's ruinous in southwest Scotland across from England it's called Dumfries Galloway area and it's called the Sorby Tower has lots of legends um, and we're trying to um, restore it oh, so fun. that you can rent it out so that you can stay there so you can have weddings there but anyway I thought isn't it great if I walk in with this face yes. and I say I have a castle in Scotland <laughs> yes you know and then they'll be like what <laughs> but you know I, I tried I auditioned once for Brigadoon mm -hmm. and I said I'm really Scottish and everybody laughed and I was, but, but I really am. Oh, my, no, my, I am. My real last name is Hannah. My dad was very sad and perplexed when I changed my name to Hanami. But um, yeah, I mean that question. I never know what to say. I, 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 I have. I don't know what. Um, what do you say? I'm from Hawaii. You know, sometimes yeah. I'll say that. I'll say I'm from Hawaii. I play the ukulele. Nice. You know. Well, see, these are all now. See, these are all interesting things about you. You're from Hawaii. Yes. Grew up in. Not really. Um, I just went back there for my cousin's funeral. Rest in peace. And um, so I was kind of going to the old uh, ha haunting grounds. I'll call them. <laughs> I went to where um, 
my aunties are on Kauai, where my parents, I have ashes on Honolulu, um, where my cousin is in uh, Kaena Point. And so doing that, you know what I mean? You almost get filled with emotion. Plus I just lost Colin and he was only 61 and he was an icon. He was a famous chef in Hawaii. So I, I realized that I'm so influenced by my mother's side of the family because um, even though she met my dad, she moved from a tiny little sugar plantation camp called Hukipo in Kauai, which is no longer, I think it's like GMO farming. <laughs> anyway, um, um, she moved from there as soon as she could to go to Honolulu, the big city. And this was in the 40s. She met my dad on a blind date. He had a motorcycle, Ooh. an old Harley that looks like a bicycle now. <laughs> and they um, got married and at the Royal Hawaiian. So I went and had dinner at the Royal Hawaiian. I had their picture on my iPads. So ah, everything's like great. portable now. <laughs> and just thinking about how interesting that is. You know, this Caucasian man from Foxborough, Massachusetts makes it all the way to work at Pearl Harbor, meets his island girl. Um, on a blind date and and I just think of how conservative and straight-laced my parents were and to see pictures of them on a Harley <laughs> and my dad even used to smoke and I'm thinking oh my gosh there's this there's these parents I'll never ever know you know they they have passed away and I was just thinking they must have been so cool and they were beautiful I mean they're beautiful but anyway what happened is they decided after my brother was born to come back to the mainland because my dad wanted to give us a better education and he felt that unfortunately at that time the schools weren't as good in Honolulu and so I think they're better now but um, they moved to Massachusetts first which they only lasted a year because my dad hated the snow <laughs> so going back I mean he left because of the snow. He, he went to Texas first and then he ended up in Hawaii as soon as he saw the newspaper ad for they wanted um, mainlanders to work at Pearl Harbor. Um, so every then they moved to, to Lawndale and then they moved to Huntington Beach. So I was born in LA. I was born in Inglewood, home of the Lakers. <laughs> and um, then they moved to Huntington Beach. So I grew up in another beach town and every year I spent in Hawaii. So every year we'd go for weddings, we'd go for funerals. Um, I, I really did live, in my mind, <laughs> part of the year in Hawaii and I had that connection. So I still think of myself, I claim the islands yeah. as my islands and I still think of myself as having the aloha spirit and being an island girl. Because no matter how hard my mom tried to be as Western as she could, because you know she grew up in a time where it was, she was very poor, and the war, uh, you know, my grandmother burned her um, pictures of the emperor and anything. To, they gave up their citizen; they had mm -hmm. to expatriate, gave up their citizenship to Japan, Japan because they were um, dual citizens at the time, and. So she tried to do everything to separate her, I think especially because of the stigma of being a Jap. Um, she looked like Jackie O. She dressed with those beautiful hats oh, and the, the beautiful box, suits. Yeah. And um, all the pictures of her in the 60s, she, um, you know, 50s to 60s, she was doing her best. She couldn't get away, uh, she couldn't get rid of 
her accent completely. They're always like, my, my birth name was Linda, and um, she, Linda, you make the rice. So there's always <laughs> a little bit of mom's pigeon English in there, and, in there, and she would always call and, and talk to her mom and, and throw in. They would speak pigeon, which is a combination of English, Japanese, Hawaiian, Portuguese, Chinese, <laughs> Filipino, you know, like they would a little borrow bit of words from every, everyone that lived on the island. And so I thought I spoke Japanese when I was little. Actually, I was just pick, picking up all the little words. <laughs> no my idea. sister would laugh at me. My sister's like six years older. and I'd be sitting there next to my mom going, I understand. She's speaking to grandma in Japanese. My sister would be like, you don't know <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> you don't know it. You know. So, there you, you're growing up in uh, Huntington Beach. Mm -hmm. At what point did you realize that you wanted to be an actor? Or was that something <laughs> that came later? Or no. was it just all we know? <laughs> okay, I have baby pictures of um, me in front of our old black and white television, standing right next to the, probably <laughs> when American Bandstand or something like that's on, just like glued to the television. There's um, eight millimeter, this, like, this tells you how old I am, but <laughs> eight millimeter home movies of me dancing and singing with my toys. You know, my dad has took all these embarrassing movies, right? <laughs> and I was so much younger than my brother and sister. My brother's 10 years older and my sister's six years older that I kind of was an only child in that kind of bubble. Mm -hmm. And um, I was always singing and dancing and doing little shows for everybody. I think because I was the youngest, I wanted the attention. Right. I could never get like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Nobody pay attention to me, except for when my brother was tickling me to death, you know, or my sister was like picking on me. So um, it came natural. There's even, when I was uh, in elementary school, I was tap dancing at the fourth, we, I grew up in a circle, we called it Govan Circle, which some people call a cul-de-sac, mm -hmm. but we would block it off and have our 4th of July parties, right? And we'd always do our own parade. <laughs> and I remember Robbie, and he always was the flag bearer. <laughs> and then my friend Jenny and I would put on a show. Nice. And then when Christy moved into the neighborhood, the three of us, and then at one year, Dougie, Jenny's brother, um, prefers to be called Doug now, but <laughs> I'm sure. Dougie, and Jenny and I decided we would reenact all of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> in the backyard, <laughs> their dad built the cross. Doug was going to play Jesus. Jenny and I battled over Mary because mm, I wanted because I saw Jesus Christ Superstar and Yvonne Elliman played Mary and she's from Hawaii. So obviously Mary is Hawaiian. Hawaiian of so, course, right? I'm I nowadays politically correct. I do look more like I'm from the Middle East than Jenny did with her very, you know, uh, Swedish background. <laughs> so anyway, she was going to play Mary. I lost out because the neighbor was Catholic and she always saw pictures of Mary and Jesus as white, so Jenny was gonna play Mary. <laughs> uh -oh. It still goes on. You know it's what? Still, yeah, no, but it, it happens every day. So yeah. you're, um, at some point you said to yourself, I'm assuming, uh, maybe you haven't self. admitted it yet. Self, <laughs> you said, I could do this as a living. I don't think I ever said that. <laughs> 
I said I wanted to do this. Just I, I just always wanted to do it. I was mm. always in the school plays. I did contests. I was a junior miss. I was the homecoming queen. I liked being active. And I never thought of myself as being talented, and I, which is a detriment to me. And now I finally realize, oh, I really was talented. But, you know, yeah. self-esteem issues. Anyway, I had parents that my mother... I know she always supported me, but she never said it because mm. of her cultural background. When she passed away, I found a drawer full of my programs. Oh, so I was that's... like, oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, mom. My dad, oh, are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? They have really good benefits at the post office. <laughs> my brother finally, to his credit one day, said to my dad, dad, you know, she's been doing this for like 30 years. I don't think she's going to change I don't now. think she needs the post job. But because of that upbringing, I always thought I had to have another career. Oh, interesting. So I always was in mark something creative like marketing or I tried real estate, which uh, I was good at, but I didn't like. Um, and it wasn't until five years ago that... and and. I had lost my parents and I was doing real estate and hated it and I said what am I doing I am a really good actress I work I just haven't focused enough to do it full-time because I'm always like balancing this other day job so I took a chance I had sold my condo I had some money and savings I moved closer to the studios up here and I said the next year, I'm doing nothing but acting and writing. I went back to school um, for UCLA Extension to get my feature film writing certificate. And, and then all I did was work on acting, whether it was classes, auditioning, marketing, um, networking, focused. And you know, within a year, I was making a living. Just and then I looked up in it. heaven and I said, see, Dad, if I had just done this in my 20s, I would have all my pension together now, you know, because it's yeah. hard to get your pension now. And yeah. with our union, thank goodness, we can have a retirement yeah, that's and a health insurance. SAG-AFTRA, yes. the union, yes. which does give a pension Yes. You, um, once you're what they call and thank vested. goodness they're merged so now we can you know all our jobs can go to it but yeah equity I still haven't figured that one out and equity is the stage union yes um, and I will mention that you are also a fabulous singer and have done a thank lot you. of musical theater over the years yep that was where I got my start singing like I said uh, Godspell Jesus Christ Superstar let George do it, which was like a, a elementary school. They have these elementary school musicals, right? Shortened, okay. So that kids can do it and learn. So in my day, <laughs> in my day, <laughs> way back when in the seventies, um, we did let George do it. So we learned about George Washington. Now I think they actually have really cool ones, like they do Moana, like Disney. Uh -huh. I did, I did a version. Actually, I did Mulan, oh. and I played Grandmother Fall. <laughs> <laughs> and with a white wig and a fat suit but it was so that kids and I did it professionally through Actors Equity but it was the version they had to get permission to do it professionally because oh, it's the version that's done across the country maybe even the world to uh, teach kids about um, the Chinese um, culture 
you know, and, and I think until Mulan, I think that, I mean, until Moana, all the M's, I think <laughs> Mulan was the biggest, most popular Disney, um, not quite a princess, but princess story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. Because they, she was tough. She was a warrior yep. versus like Cinderella and Snow White who are, you know, who have the, the boy come and save them right? instead of saving themselves. That right. is definitely So I think it. that's why like Mulan and Moana these days mm -hmm. is they're more popular because girls feel more empowered, which is great. That sounds exactly yeah. right. Well, speaking of empowerment, I am empowered to say, let's move on to the lightning round. Mm. All right. Okay. All right. Ren, what is the last show you binge watched? Oh, good question. All the way through or just, oh, was it really Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, no, I think it was Outlander. Uh, what episodic show should everyone be watching? Silicon Valley. <laughs> My judge. <laughs> I put in a plug for you. <laughs> what book are you reading right now? Oh, I'm reading a couple. One is my favorite director, um, Robert Rodriguez, and it's about when he first did El Mariachi and how he even um, was giving blood. He was like a medical test subject, so he could afford to save up the money to make El Mariachi, and I love him. He's like one of my dream directors to direct Ninja Mom. What uh, book are you planning on reading? Um, there's one about uh, Manzanar and I'm, I've just written a screenplay uh, that takes place in Poston and I just want to read up on more of the Japanese concentration camp stories so that I have that for research so it's called Manzanar by Perry Miyake. What uh, book did you read in school that positively shaped you? Oh. You know what there was an author that came to our school and spoke. Oh, what was his name? Because the, the Maldonado Miracle, he wrote two that I read for my English class. And it, two reasons why I remember it. One, I loved his stories because they involve kids. And you're gonna have to look up his name because I'm forgetting in this moment because this was when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> um, but he also came and spoke to our MGM class. Do you remember MGM? Okay. In the 70s, they did something called mentally gifted minors. So anyway, we took all these tests and I was in this MGM group and we got to do more special things. So he came to the class and I remember Mrs. Palmer, Ms. Palmer, asked, saying, who has a question? I asked a question. And then afterwards, and this is where teachers are really important, she said in front of the whole group, that was a really intelligent, well-worded question. And you know what? I was on a high for like the rest of the week. So not only his books were great, but the feedback I got from my teacher gave me a lot of self-esteem. What is uh, some advice you would like to give an actor who's just starting out? Make your own things with people you like. Make them good. Now you can, because you can do everything with an iPhone. And then stick with those people as you're growing up. When I was at UCLA, I made a really big mistake. I didn't realize how important those relationships were in college. So I was flitting and flighting all over the place. I, I had clubs and sororities and everything else. And I never really focused on 
the people within the music department and the theater department. I started as a music major and then went over to theater and then built those relationships so that we could work together after graduation. Because you know, I went to school with people like Darren Starr, you know, and above, above me, who I just got to work with, four years ahead of me was Tim Robbins. And I did work with him recently on Here Now, and we got to chit-chatting about um, Actors Gang in UCLA, and it was really fun. And I just think about all those people that I went to school with, that had I nurtured those relationships throughout the years, how we would be working together now on a regular basis. So I would say relationships, relationships, relationships. What is the best piece of acting advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> it's not really advice, but I worked with Tyne Daly, who was one of my idols, and I worked on a, a mini a movie of the week about Cagney, Cagney and Lacey, was Cagney and Lacey, The Return. She stood by the camera or I stood by the camera for her close-ups, right? And then we turned it around, and I was used to stars going and mm -hmm. leaving, and then I'm reading with an AD or something. And she stood by the camera for my scene, and afterwards I thanked her. I said, it's so nice that you stayed for me, for my close-ups. I said, I know there are actors that won't, they leave. She put, in such a motherly, grandmotherly way, she put her arm around me, and she said, honey, those are not actors. Those are assholes. And so to this day, I think that that was, and also my agent early on, my, um, my commercial agent, Mal Cassell, said when you're done with, and they say you're done for the day, hang up your clothing. And so those two pieces of advice of, of respect. I think it's about respecting your job, respecting the other people like your wardrobe people to hang things up and be neat. And then also to treat the other actor no matter what level you are. You know, whether I'm the star of the movie because it's my movie and I'm working with people who are just beginning or the other way around. I mean, that mutual, we're both people. So I think respect was the biggest lesson early on that has helped me my whole life. What is the worst piece of acting advice you've been given? Oh, I took this one workshop <laughs> and they were teaching like how to angle yourself, how to, you know, look this way for this emotion and look this way and look up and looking up is not a bad piece of advice, but if it's not natural, it's bad to me. It just looks weird. So I think um, that was the worst advice because it was trying to teach me to be mechanical rather than trust my gut. And with writing and acting, you gotta trust, and directing, you gotta trust your gut. What is something that would surprise people about you? Um, well, we already talked about the castle. Um, I don't, I don't, changing my name wouldn't be a surprise, would it? Uh, I mean, I changed my name. It's an interesting thing because times have changed. Recently, I read that Chloe Bennett changed her name from Chloe Wong because she looks more Caucasian and she wasn't getting cast. So she changed to her dad's 
name, his first name Bennett, and then she started booking. I'm the opposite. I'm also Eurasian like her, only it's my mom who's Asian, and I, ha I just took on more of the Polynesian Asian look. So my name was Linda Maureen Hannah. So all my friends at home <laughs> that I grew up with would know that, which I didn't understand because why my mom and dad would name the three of us completely without any Japanese or Hawaiian influence at all, but I think it, it may because the war. So I think um, having such, I mean, Maureen is definitely Scottish. So having that name, if I had been Maureen Hanna, you know, like Maureen O'Sullivan or something, people would go, oh, that's interesting. But my agent, when I uh, first started acting, Mal, again, he said, you know what? Would you mind changing your name? Because when I say Linda Hanna is coming in, they're expecting this petite Caucasian gal, and you go in, and then they go, oh, she's Polynesian. So that's, so Ren means Lotus, which was my nickname from both my agent and my acting coach. They called me Lotus Blossom. And Hana actually means blossom in Japanese, but Ren Hana didn't sound right to me, so I added my mother's name, which is Akimi, and that's how I got Hanami. So even though I tried to explain this to my dad, it's really your name and her name together. He was like, oh, you should be Hannah. <laughs> Why'd you change your name? So anyway, now I'm actually legally Ren Hanami Hannah. So that pleased my dad. <laughs> Uh, how will you know when you've made it? Um, uh, in what terms? Like publicly or personally? Whichever. Okay. I would say, I love that I'm looking up at the wall and I see your, uh, the three-year poster up there. <laughs> I have a lot of things on my wall about what I want to achieve. So I think that that, I've made it when I have my full pension, so on a practical level, when I have my full pension and I know I can retire and be okay. Um, on a personal level, when my legacy is, in, is set, so you know, in Hawaii and the future in Japan, my cousin's legacy of his side street in restaurants is, is set. He, he will continue, that will continue. For me, it's probably getting Ninja Mom sold, made, and then everything that comes with it. So my Ninja Mom world is my Harry Potter world. I don't necessarily have to be in an amusement park, but that would be cool. But having my legacy set, and so that would be so practical, personal, and then publicly having the awards. I, I would like the Emmy, the Oscar, the Tony. The trifecta. Yeah. So they're going to adapt your life story. Mm -hmm. Would you like that to be stage or screen? Screen. Definitely. Oh. I mean, I, I, my love for film and television is first, even though I started in theater and I still love theater. However, the impact that especially television now has on the world is so much greater than stage. I mean, we, we've evolved. You know, stage was before we had cameras and we had iPhones. And so I think, even though I love stage and I'd love to write a play one day, um, film and television is where it's at. I have a funny joke about stage. I grew up singing opera 
and before I went to pop. And well, actually, I've sung it all my whole life, but I was singing opera. My dad could not stand opera, and one day <laughs> I was working on it, and he came up to me and he said, <sighs> he said, opera was invented before there were microphones. That's so you could hear people. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that. And you know what? He's probably right because it it can you can hear to the back row with opera so much better than like a pop tune, right? It's so. true. <laughs> All right, we are ready to move on. Then, what is your favorite word? Love. Aloha, you, to be exact. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Stupid. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, gosh. Food? <laughs> Ice cream? No. <laughs> um, beautiful things. What turns you off? Um, people who are unkind. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, Bugga. <laughs> Probably it's a Hawaiian term. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? Oh gosh. I do love the sound of rain. What sound yeah. or noise do you hate? Mmm. Drilling. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, okay, what am I doing now? I'm an actress, I'm a writer, I'm a director. What would I like to do? Oh, okay, if I could turn back time, figure skating. I will, I will find a sport in the Olympics. Right now it's shooting the rifle <laughs> where you can be older. I think someone was 75 when he won Olympic gold. I'm, I'm not crazy about guns, but I'll, I'll find something, yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Anything I've ever done already, <laughs> like, like real estate and marketing. <laughs> yeah. And finally, Ren, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, I think heaven does exist and it's here right now. Um, I think I don't, I think, okay, my vision of God are all the people that have already passed on from this physical world. So I, Sorry, I'm going to start to cry. <laughs> it's fresh. Um, I would like to say, have them, have my mom and my dad and my grandparents and my cousins and everybody there saying a, saying welcome. Yeah. That's great. We're happy to see you. Well, I'm happy to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks. All right. Thank you.